Hello and welcome to the MJ Cast. I'm Jamin Bull. I'm here with my co-host Q. It's Saturday the 20th of July 2019 and welcome to another regular episode of our podcast. We're going to talk today lots about the latest news including what's going on with Leaving Neverland, a great new retrospective article from Andy Healy, the return of Jenkins from Moonwalk Talks and his great Michael Jackson podcast, a walk of fame coming to Dubai, statues of Michael Jackson, including one in China, and all of the different birthday events coming up that we can celebrate around the world as fans of Michael Jackson, plus a main discussion topic on what the Michael Jackson estate should do next. The following is a presentation from the MJ cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's, that's one of my favorite things. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Good morning, Q. Good morning, Jamin. Uh, legally, I need to tell you that I'm recording you via Skype <laughs> to avoid any legal snags. Do I have your permission? Of course. We've been recording each other every two weeks for the past five years, so I think I'm going to be okay with that. <laughs> Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'll send that. That's our backup plan. <laughs> All good. Well, Q, I've got to tell you, got to tell you, last episode, the one you did with Elise, episode 105, that's a very rare experience uh, for me, being able to listen back to an MJ cast episode I'm not on. I was listening like a fan of the show, and oh my God, it was amazing. You guys killed it. Well done. Thank you. It was it was good to talk to Elise again, and it was a good chat because we had a lot of good news in the last episode as well. Yeah, it was it was a fun, positive episode. Loved it. Yeah, uh, I felt bad that you weren't on it to talk about the documentaries, though. So maybe you could quickly share some thoughts on what we sort of covered in episode one hundred and five. We spoke about the Michael Jackson humanitarian documentary from. Um, Paulie Dwyer. So, like, you've seen that documentary, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one, and I've seen the Lavelle one as well, and they're they're both great. For me, the standout one is probably the humanitarian one, because of the fact that it's a, a labor of love by a fan, uh, and that that to me is just huge. I I love seeing the fans go above and beyond and use their talents to do great things and. You know, me, I'm a bit of a tech head, so I was really excited when I started that doco and heard that Paul's audio was recorded in really great quality uh, with a good mic and, you know, the footage was great. It was an excellent documentary and yeah, a good companion piece to his book, I think. So definitely a must-see for fans all around the world. Excellent, excellent. The Lavelle one... I enjoyed a lot, but I sort of disagreed a little bit with what you guys were saying about the black and white stuff. I'd really, really enjoyed it, but I just, I, I personally didn't enjoy the creative decision to make everything black and white. I think the, the scenes with Lavelle being black and white were awesome. I think that was great. But all of the original footage from the different time periods of Michael, I, I don't know. Uh, it, but I felt a little bit sort of like, what's the word? Like oppressed. <laughs> 
by the end of it of just it was just all grayscale. But um, apart from that one little creative choice, I think it was um, an excellent documentary and I, I really enjoyed it also. Excellent. Cool. Well, if you haven't heard that episode, our previous one to this episode 105, it's myself Q hosting with our co-host Elise uh, and our main discussion topic in that episode were the two new documentaries, The Man Behind the Dance uh, with Lavelle Smith Jr. I think that was put out by Think Media and also the humanitarian, the real Michael Jackson documentary made by author and mega fan Paul Dwyer. So go check that out. And you guys spoke heaps about the Jafar song. Jafar Jackson's new song, Got Me Singing, last episode. And you, you guys were loving that. And I'm loving that as well. That's a fantastic song. Have you still been listening to it? Yes, I have. I've watched <laughs> the video again, but the track I have played. So good. I've got this like constantly updating Jackson family playlist on Apple Music and I'm just always slotting in the latest songs from the family into that. So it's a great addition to their their latest work, including stuff from Tarrell. So very good song. And I guess there'll be some uh, something from TJ soon. Yeah, he keeps posting on social media all these teasers and uh, it looks like something will be coming for sure. I hope it's... Um, I, I'm really in the mood for something like more acoustic and he, he's been seen like he in some of these teaser pictures he's there with like an acoustic guitar and stuff so i'm excited for something that's a little bit more melodic and acoustic and hopefully that's what it is yeah maybe uh T- tito might guest on it if it's acoustic as well oh that'd be cool that'd be awesome yes yes i was craving some tito acoustic stuff yeah yeah and uh, in another thing in our follow-up is, uh, of course, this year, one theme that's been carrying on through our episodes, unfortunately, is leaving Neverland and the whole muting MJ business. But I do have to drop a little bit of info. We heard from a little birdie, can't reveal who, but um, someone who may or may not be an employee of an important radio station in Australia, that Nova Network is... Well, they already have, as of last night, started playing Michael Jackson again, officially, which is pretty awesome news. That is cool. About yes. time. Well, to be honest, not about time. It actually didn't take didn't take that much time. Six months. Hmm. I'm looking for it now because you just reminded me. Here we go. I actually have a thing that I forgot to put in the show note, but it, I guess I could just do it as a follow-up story. I have the link. It's loading up now. Now, I don't actually remember what season we spoke about this new story. Maybe season three, possibly season four. Do you remember talking about a lawsuit where the Michael Jackson estate were trying to get the website for kingofpop.com? Yes, the popcorn company. Yes, I remember that. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, I have an update for you, uh, which I forgot about, but wow. thank you for reminding me. <laughs> That's like the world's uh, most removed follow-up ever. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the estate of MJ now owns kingofpop.com after a legal battle. It sued gourmet gift baskets in 2016. There you go. Alleging the company's use of kingofpop.com for a website selling popcorn infringed on the late musician's famous title. 
According to court documents, the two parties settled in 2017. Maybe that's when we reported it. I don't know. I don't think so. We didn't do a settling story about it, I don't think. But Jackson's estate only just got control of the domain name in recent weeks. This suggests that the confidential settlement had about a two-year transition period to allow Gourmet Gift Baskets to transition its use of the domain. The domain resolved to its former website until about the middle of 2018, at which point it began forwarding to gourmetgiftbaskets.com slash popcorn. So kingofpop.com now forwards to michaeljackson.com. There you go. Good job, estate. (laughs) You know, like I guess it is a good thing that that website is an estate-controlled website. They should have done that a long time ago. Like even the curly MJ symbol of the history album that, you know, a lot of fans have tattoos of, they somehow, well, that was when Michael was alive, lost control of that copyright even. Wow. Yeah, they do need to be sort of like hustling and collecting all these different copyrights. I mean, that's, mm. yeah, that's that's important. It is. Otherwise, anything could be put on kingofpop.com. Like, you know, Leaving Neverland people could have had it and put yeah. whatever on there. And they yeah. would have been legally allowed to. And it's not just about like who's going to search kingofpop.com. Like, surely that's a small percentage compared to the amount of people that are going to search michaeljackson.com it's more about like if you're doing a google search for king of pop that's the number one hit that's going to come up yes how random all right that's good follow-up thank you q and uh let's let's dive into the news for this episode because we've got a a number of stories to cover Uh, the first one is unfortunately a little bit of bad news i guess um i know when this broke a couple of days ago or half a week ago, you put in our group chat that you weren't really that surprised by it. And in hindsight, I guess I'm not either. But on the day I was surprised by it, I was like, it took me for a six, hit me right in the gut. Leaving Neverland, Dan Reed's mockumentary on the allegations has been nominated for five Emmy Awards. Uh, The Emmys obviously are the preeminent award for television in the United States. And they have got five nominations for this documentary, including Outstanding Directing for a Documentary slash Nonfiction Program, uh, Outstanding Documentary or Nonfiction Special, Outstanding Picture Editing for a Nonfiction Program, and Outstanding Sound Editing for a Nonfiction Program, and Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Nonfiction Program. So five Emmys, and yeah, it hit me right in the gut. Walk me through your morning when you found out that news. I guess I saw it on Twitter first, or I think, or the group chat. And yeah, I just wasn't surprised at all. This isn't a surprise to me. It was seemed like it was always their plan and going to be a logical next step in their plan of that they produce this documentary film for whatever reason, if it was to aid the appeal of... Wade and Jimmy. So whatever reason this came about, they produced it and then they 
marketed it very well. Someone that should receive an Emmy is, I think, is it Q Media, K-E-W Media? They're the ones that sort of do all of the production marketing and deals for it, perhaps. (laughs) They deserve an Emmy because they've done incredibly well getting this shit film everywhere under the sun and all of the publicity by distributing it. You know, Well, that too. But, you know, they got it to the Sundance Film Festival, which was an achievement in itself. Yeah. They got Oprah to endorse it and do a prime time sort of special thing on it. I think, you know, they've probably been sending it out, just distributing it everywhere to um, so famous people can see it and comment on it. And that's why so many big name people were commenting on it and using the same terms for it and also big influencers and media accounts commenting on it using the same catchphrases and keywords in their reviews of it. They distribute it everywhere. And following that, they got recognition for it from every level of media. And then the next step would be validation for it, which would be awards. And then I think that will then give them impetus to get another one out. I think that's just what will happen. Who knows what will happen with this lawsuit that the estate and HBO are doing, but I don't think that would prevent another one because they just have to get someone other than HBO to do it. There have been rumours around, I think even quotes of Dan Reid saying the next one he wants to do will focus on the 2005 trial and hopefully he can secure interviews with Gavin and... We, we, as a community, we need to, to not sit in our laurels and definitely brace ourselves for part two of this coming in, in the coming year or two, uh, for sure. But, you know, this really upset me. It really upset me because not only is it just full of lies and it's so one-sided and full of lies, it's not a, I didn't think it was a very good documentary. I didn't think it was very good. Like, honestly, even just putting aside... You don't want four hours of drones? It was four hours of drones. I was like, the first half an hour of it, honestly, was quite outstanding um, as just a standalone thing on the bad tour. But, you know, then it's just like drone central and talking head central. I don't think it deserves at all to, to be considered as the best TV documentary of the year. No way. So... Do you think it's going to win any awards? I, I you know, <laughs> I don't know what to think anymore. Like, crazier things have happened. <laughs> so, I, I definitely think it, it probably will be. Well, see, the thing is, the Emmys want to look progressive. They want to look like they're on the right side of Me Too history. So, it could win awards mainly for the point of view of the Academy looking like they're being progressive and supporting abuse victims. So, would not be surprised if it wins. And it will make me sick to my stomach to see Dan, James and Wade on stage receiving these awards, giving, oh my God, imagine like acceptance speeches and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, oh boy. Brace yourself. Brace I yourself. think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but I don't think the I don't think all of their awards are televised. So, if that was the case, whatever award they pick up for this niche category might not be part of the televised thing. But then again, that would generate headlines for the Emmys. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if, oh, you know, maybe the last five years, this award in particular hasn't been televised, but this year it is. Oh, and look who the winner is. Surely the outstanding documentary or nonfiction special would be televised. Just maybe that one. I doubt the others would be. I don't know, but um, yeah, brace yourself, folks. I think that there will be some awards given. Yep. So we've put out a campaign around this, an email campaign where fans have been able to email directly to Frank Shermer, the Emmys CEO, and not only him, but also the estate co-executor, John Branker, their lead attorney, Howard Weitzman, and social media person, Alicia Yaff, or I don't know how to say her last name. Cow. <laughs> yes. Just just around like, you know, not not only how upset we are around the Emmy nominations and how unethical this is for them to consider such a pathetic propaganda lie hit piece for best documentary of the year, but also to try and put pressure on the estate because we we already know that they're probably not going to be able to stop the Emmys from doing their thing. They, they weren't able to stop HBO so or Oprah, so why would they be able to stop the Emmys? But more to challenge them around, okay, we know what you can't do, but what can you do? What are you doing here to try and right this wrong? When the 2005 trial happened, when those allegations broke after living with Michael Jackson, very soon after that, Michael came out with his own documentary, which got Millions and millions and millions of viewers in the US. The documentary was refuting what happened in Living with Michael Jackson. It included his own footage that he took of Martin Bashir. It included exclusive interviews with lots of people close to him. Michael created a documentary to refute Living with Michael Jackson, and it was really successful. What's the estate doing like that right now? They're speaking at some university lectures they're suing HBO. I mean, we, um, their statement back to fans from Alicia to all these emails is saying about, oh, you know, don't presume the estate isn't doing things. The estate is doing things. Well, the estate sold Michael Jackson's Beatles catalog for hundreds of millions of dollars. They sell his assets all the time. They are loaded with cash. They're constantly making money off legal fees and products. Where is that going? Why are they not making their own rebuttal documentary why are they not backing Taj publicly what is going on I shouldn't be surprised though but it just angers me and and yeah what are your thoughts well I'd just like to point out that Howard Weitzman at the UCLA event publicly stated his belief that Taj's documentary would not happen and Branker who was also at this UCLA event stated publicly that the estate has zero interest or intention to rebut because they don't believe the public is interested in the other side. They might not be his exact words, but we knew people that were at that UCLA panel. Charlie spoke at it. There you go. Charlie spoke was at it. UC- was, that, was he at the UCLA one or was yep. he at the other one? No, it was the same one. Because there and- was two. I'm fairly sure it was the same one, and I have it on good information as well that when Branker and Weitzman found out that Charlie would be speaking there and that Vera Sarova was in the audience as well, they were furious that they they didn't know earlier that Vera and Charlie were even allowed to go there. 
Yeah. These are the kind of people we're dealing with here. The contempt for the fandom is not only palpable, it is offensive. We are the fandom, the ones where, yes, sure, we're, they're not earning their millions of dollars of legal fees and asset sales from us, but we're the ones that are out there not only doing the legwork in the aftermath of leaving Neverland, not us personally, but fans in general, I want to make that clear. Many fans have invested a lot of money and time in creating not only their own documentaries, straight off the bat, they've just gone and done their own documentaries. Heaps of them can be found on YouTube, but also incredibly detailed websites and fact-checking pages, and they've uncovered so many things that proved that documentary was just full of complete absurd inaccuracies and lies, and they haven't supported any of that at all. Well, later in the show, we're going to get to a segment where we, we talk about what we think they should do next. Let's save some of our thoughts for then, shall we? But yeah, it's not a... It's not a great feeling at the moment in the community. The Leaving Neverland thing isn't over. We got the Emmys on the horizon. And I think the hardest thing for us, for me anyway, we always did have to face this kind of crap with Michael. It always did happen. But when he was alive, he provided us with hope around, you know, rebuttals and fighting it. And we knew the truth and we felt, you know, it was an honor to protect and defend him as well. Now it's like, the guys that are best positioned to do the job, the people that officially represent him in the public, his estate, it's it looks by all accounts that they just couldn't care less. But can you go buy tickets to our birthday celebration, thanks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got a birthday concert in Vegas, MJ1. You might have heard of it, Cirque du Soleil. Go buy tickets. Go buy tickets. That's our first news story of the week. <laughs> Gets better from here, though. It does. We've actually got some good news. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of amazing uh, Michael Jackson birthday events that I'll be sharing with you as well. So stay tuned for those. Andy Healy, author of the Digital MJ 101 ebook series, has dropped a retrospective article on the 35th anniversary of the Jackson's Victory album over on Albumism. Jamin, Mm -hmm. such a great album. It is really good, isn't it? I love it. It's underrated, I think. Criminally underrated, (laughs) yes. What did you think of the article? It was good. Like, I love Andy's writing. It's it's very similar to me in style, of course, to his um, 101 style writing, which kind of really puts the reader in the time frame of what was going on. So, you know, he starts the article by talking about, you know, how in 1984 this was coming off the the bat of Thriller and it was a Jackson 5 sort of reunion moment. Um, most people thought, you know, that Michael was going to go and just do solo stuff from then on, but no, that what followed Thriller was a, a, a Jackson's album. Really, I love how he writes and puts you in the zone there and then, then it goes down into like a sort of a analysis of all the different tracks on the album and his point of view in the article I won't give everything away because people should definitely go and read this but his sort of point of view is that it's definitely not as cohesive an album as Triumph and Destiny 
but um, it is a, a showcase album for the different brothers' talents and their own ability in writing different songs. And I think that's exactly what it is. And, you know, there's a couple of songs on there that aren't as, as strong as some previous efforts, but there's some outstanding material on there as well. And if you want to learn about the, uh, the details of those particular songs and who wrote what and who worked on what and how well the songs did and which ones have videos and all of that, it's a fantastic article. Brilliant stuff. And you learnt something that you didn't know before. I was like... Not expecting this when I read the article, but thank you, Andy, because you taught me a little fact here that's changed my next couple of days because there's going to be a certain song that's going to be on high rotation on my playlist. My favorite song on the album is called One More Chance, and that's a Randy Jackson song. It doesn't, I don't even think it has Michael on it. <laughs> Sorry, MJ. But um, yeah, my favorite victory song is One More Chance. And I had no idea about this, but apparently Janet Jackson recorded a cover of it, which is a B-side to her Janet album's single, If. And I'd never heard it. Don't know how I didn't hear it, but I have now and it's fantastic and I can't wait to listen to it on repeat. It is a very good cover. It is. Because I, I don't know if I've got the If single or if it was on a special version of the Janet album. I can't remember how I've got it, but... It when I was younger, I was like, this song really sounds familiar. And then probably a few years later, I was like, let me look at the, the liner notes or whatever. And I was like, oh, hang on. This is written by Randy. Oh, it's the song from Victory. Because to me, it's like a, it's, yeah, clearly a similar take on it, but it's was such a fresh 90s version of it yes. that it almost made it a new song. Yeah. It, so I just never put two and two together. It is such a good song. And you know <laughs> you know what is interesting is how many one more chances there are <laughs> in the in the Jackson's world. There's a Jackson Five song called One More Chance, a Jackson's song, a Janet cover, and also the song on number one's One More Chance. There's a lot of one Which, more chances. He's had a lot of chances. <laughs> a lot of chances. Do you wanna do you wanna pick which is the least strong out of them um mm, that's lords. hard i have to say i don't love i don't love the mj one more chance oh oh sorry i thought you meant the least song on the album the least uh, strong no 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 oh, the one okay. more chances i'd probably say either yeah i mean i very rarely listen to the jackson 5 one more oh, chance yeah true but, very true. But I would say I actually don't think One More Chance is very well sung. The the adult One More Chance on on number ones. I don't controversial opinion, but I don't think Michael did a very good vocal on that song. It sounds really rough. And there's a lot of tech tech you know audio engineer style fans that I know, actual audio engineers who have have also confirmed that it's really poorly engineered song as well technically. So not not great. I don't think R. Kelly did a great job on that one, but hey, I'd probably say that, yeah, I, the, the best one for me is definitely the Randy Jackson one on the Victory album. Followed by Janet? Followed by Janet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then They'd Jackson be my top two. Not sure what order <laughs> I'd put them, but yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, what there about the least favorite song on the album though? <laughs> What do you, a lot of people critique um, the one. Oh, what's the one that sounds like "Wanna Be Starting Something," but it's not. It's uh, 
I think that's uh, Body, Marlon's Body. I love Body. I think he perf- he, there's a video for that, isn't there? Or he performed it live, maybe. I know. I think there's a video. Yeah. I love Body. I love Weight so much. Weight is so good. That's the Jackie Jackson one. Oh, my God. What do you think about so good. what do you think about Michael's solo sort of song on it? Um, Be not always. It's a lovely song, <laughs> and that's all you've got to say about that. <laughs> it's very twee. Like, oh my god, gives me a toothache because it's so sweet. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's so sweet. It's very lovely, but <laughs> it's not the best song on the album. Lovely vocals, like the incredible vocals and everything. It's so, like the album is so 80s and so crazy in some ways. It's got (laughs) so many different styles and things. And this is like such the extreme end of the spectrum of styles compared to the others. Yeah. Like not saying it's a bad song, it's very the vocals on it are terrific. The productions on it is gorgeous. It sounds beautiful, but it's there's better songs for me to. There's songs that I would listen to more. It sold quite a number of copies too. The Victory album sold two million copies in the United States. It was a big success for the Jacksons actually, and good to see that it's getting some love in 2019. Indeed. Gosh, 35 years ago, far out. Congratulations, Victory. Yeah, I'll dig out my picture disc with the dove on Randy's shoulder. And that is going to be going in the episode art. Oh, actually, yes. <laughs> Any excuse to use the episode art. I'm not I'm not posing for a photo for yes, you, you with it, by yes, the way. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah. No, on, no, no. Come on. Kid. Nope. My haircut is not scheduled until next week. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, You can digitally insert a Victory album cover next to me.
This is Tito Jackson, and it's Tito time. And thanks for listening to the MJ Cast. In more positive news, we have had a return to the podcasting world of the original Michael Jackson podcaster, Jenkins. He is back. The OG. <laughs> Moonwalk Talks is back with a new episode. It's a tongue-in-cheek episode, folks. It's Is it? I Well, well okay, hang what? on. What? Yes, hang on. it is. I was convinced. <laughs> <laughs> Jenkins is really well known for doing great little mini documentary style um, episodes on important issues in the community or things you may not know about Michael Jackson and his history, whether it's the Beatles catalog or, or whatever. He, Simpsons he, episodes. Simpsons, Casio tracks. He's got episodes on it all. But this one is not really serious but it's hilarious though it's very very funny and it's all about michael jackson being an actual jedi from star wars because uh, there are so many spoiler alert he is <laughs> there are a lot of connections between michael jackson and star wars believe it or not michael collaborated with george lucas on captain eo there's so many different little connections here and there and he loved michael was a big star wars fan so i think it's a great it's a great little tribute to michael and star wars and a fun episode the force has got a lot of power <laughs> put yourself in the mind of like a crazy imagine like you're a crazy deluded sort of fan of star wars and michael and Jenkins is like in character as that person trying to prove that Michael is a Jedi. And he does a good job of it. <laughs> he certainly does. It was, a, it was a very good episode, very well edited, very well put together. I don't really ag agree with his view on the last Jedi film, the last, the Star Wars movie. He hates it, thinks it ruined the franchise. I don't agree with that at all. I quite enjoyed The Last Jedi. But no, it's a very good episode and it was a very welcome return and reprieve from all the other rubbish this year. So it was good to hear you back, Jenkins, and hopefully we won't have to wait 12 more years until the next episode. Although I know you're very busy doing your DJ stuff. Go see Jenkins DJ. Well, it's time, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone out there listening, to vote. Dubai Walk of Fame could soon have a Michael Jackson star. What what is it that we're what is the actual plaque in the ground? I think it might be a star. I'm not yeah, sure. I hope so. The Dubai Stars by E M A A R is an epic walkable tribute saluting eminent personalities who have positively contributed to the world through their work in various fields. Kicking off with 400 stars, there you go, in October 2019, along the sidewalk of Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Boulevard in downtown Dubai, the global landmark will have over 10,000 stars when it's complete. Nominations are now open and you can nominate up to three eminent personalities who've made a major positive impact in any of the following areas, music, film, art, architecture, sports, literature, social media influence, innovation, and social work. It seems they forgot about podcasting because we could have been nominated, but they <laughs> forgot about podcasting. Uh, nominations close at midnight. General standard time? Is it no Greenwich standard time? No. On Wednesday. What is GST? That's the tax. That's 10%. Goods and services tax. Thanks, John Howard. Yeah. Midnight. Um, 
Yeah, midnight tax. GST is golf standard time. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, golf standard time on Wednesday, 31st of July. So just do it before that, folks, uh, 2019. <laughs> so go and vote, and you could nominate Michael Jackson. He could have a star on the Dubai Walk of Fame. Yep, this is our chance to not mute MJ. Hashtag, yeah, hashtag <laughs> amplify MJ. That's the one. That's so much better than hashtag not mute MJ. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> That's do why it. I do the hashtags. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Amplify MJ. <laughs> oh, God. We got to get him on there for sure. It'd be so good. I mean, this is such a beautiful city. Um, it's, you know, architectural marvel. Uh, so if you ever get to go to Dubai and you're a listener or you're in Dubai and the, the star ends up there, make sure you get a photo of it for us. Send it through. Yep. And just a, just a follow-up, if you're in Rotterdam and if you know where they moved the Latoya Jackson Walk of Fame thing that used to be near the Maritime Museum, I think it was over there, but they've moved all of those Walk of Fame plaques that were in the sidewalk. So if you know where they've moved it to, can you please let me know that's in Rotterdam, the Netherlands, because I really want to go get another picture of the Latoya Jackson one, please. And also... I really hope that Rotterdam, sorry Maastricht, but I really hope Rotterdam wins the right to host 2020 Eurovision. My support's behind Rotterdam Eurovision 2020. Thank you. <laughs> all righty. Um, now, speaking of plaques and statues and all those kind of great things and honoring Michael, awesome Chinese fans, and they are awesome. Like they are uh, like the, the coolest of the MJ fans. They have erected, a, they've created and erected a statue of Michael and held a concert around it. <laughs> they just do everything to the next level, these guys. In Zhengzhou, um, in China, in central China's Henan province, to commemorate his passing. Uh, there is a great video of the event. And I, I've, I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, outside of the original history statue created by a Diana Walzak. I would say that this is the best statue of Michael Jackson I've ever seen of any type. Of any type? Of any type. And there's been some Ooh. bad ones. And there's been some there, good there's ones. There's been some good ones. There's and a good in China, one. In, there's that other good one. Yes, down in Guangdong province in Guangzhou. That's yes, a beautiful that is, statue. Yes, that's my next favorite or but, favorite. This one is my next favorite. I love how, oh my God, I just love how it's, um, it doesn't look like, you know, the dodgy big history ones that were put around for the history promotion, like even though they're the really Sony, cool because they're The huge. Sony bad copies. But the Sony bad cool. copies ones. Yeah, like this the one like, we spoke of last week. This looks like a Milan. good copy. This looks like the oh, nearly yeah, like is. the real thing. Um, It's pretty close. I just think it's so cool. I really want to see it. How good are the Chinese fans? Next level. Like, whoa. Did you see that video where there was like a bunch of guys and I think there was a girl or two as well doing MJ dancing on the side of a canal in no, China? I have not seen that. Oh, I, you need to go on Twitter more, man. I retweet I all these cool stuff. Um, <laughs> if you head to, is it MK Genie? 
Is that who that main the the main? That's Keen Dang, and he is Keen, the yeah. the runner. He runs MJJCN, the Chinese. Yeah. So club. if you go through his tweets, probably about a month ago, he would have shared definitely. That's probably where I would have seen it. A video of these next level fans dancing, like doing, like I think it was dangerous. Wow. Very cool. It was so good. And there was like a crowd of hundreds of people on the other side of the canal watching them. So they were using like one side of the canal as a stage. And the, f- the best thing was actually watching behind these guys, these fans in full costume doing this whole big dangerous thing. There were other fans in the background who would also just randomly know the choreography and slip in <laughs> so it was all synchronized so they wow. would like do like these wicked moves at the same time as the main dancers but they would just come in and out and they weren't the main sort of actors in this in this production but it was like oh my god it was it was excellent and yeah their statues are next level like my god it would cost tens and tens of thousands of dollars to get a statue like that created and they've got like heaps of them. <laughs> they've got a number of them through China. And then how on earth are their council approvals? Because you can't <laughs> even put like a pergola on your house without huge drama with the council and getting approval. How are we going to go about getting a statue like in Australia or America or wherever where you need to put it in a public place? How are they going to give approval for that? China's a bit loose with what you can do, man. They like fireworks. Everyone's letting all crazy fireworks off from their backyards. And <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe it's a bit. The restrictions are a bit looser over there when it comes to what you can put up around the place. And human rights, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not just you know genocide everyone. Jeez. Have you seen the the what's going on in Xinjiang province? Did you watch the latest Four Corners documentary on that? It is. Beyond horrific. Yeah. Beyond horrific. And oh, I, I, it is just horrendous. They are, it's basically genocide. It's concentration camps to the extreme, forced labor. And it, like, people don't even know that it's happening. It's very sad. Great. Not cool, China. Great statues. Genocide and concentration camps. Not cool. Not cool. So. Speaking of events going on around the place, Michael Jackson's birthday is coming up August 29th and there's a number of events that have been blocked out in different countries by fan clubs and different groups. Do you want to go through them? Yes. And while I do this, did you want to go check on that Brisbane group to see if anything's in Nothing's there? Nothing's on it. Because I... Oh. No, unfortunately. Brisbane. Not yet. Lift I'm sure Rebecca will, Rebecca will put something together, I'm sure. All right. Shout out to Rebecca. All righty. So I've um, got a number of these events from a particular website, which I'm going to try and open now, but everything is linked in the show notes of this episode. But at globalmj.net, I collected a whole bunch of these, about half of these events that I'm going to talk about. So head to globalmj.net for a whole list of events, but also in our show notes 
I will have links not only to this page, but also to other events that I have collected. So I'm going to start, and I'm going to try and do this roughly in date order, but in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, on Sunday, the 25th of August, there will be a MJ celebration party on Paulista Avenue of uh, dancing, covers, tributes, games, and contests. Uh, for more details, contact at Daniel Jackson 7 on Twitter. Wednesday, 28th of August in Las Vegas, there will be a casual fan dinner at Slice of Vegas. That will be at 7 p.m. And it is a paid event in the sense that you pay for your own dinner. That's definitely listed on that global MJ page that was linked. So head to that to contact the organizer of that. Now, this is one that Elise and I mentioned last week and definitely one that I'm very excited about. At Gallery Different in London, there will be the Michael His Story Art Exhibition. And I've got the times. So Wednesday, 28th of August from 2 p.m., until 5.30 p.m. Thursday, 29th of August, Michael's birthday, 11 a.m. until 6.30 p.m. Friday, 30th of August, 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. And Saturday, 31st of August, 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Admission to this incredible exhibition, which I really strongly urge many to support, and like we mentioned last week, uh, could be the last one. Uh, admission is only £3, but there will be um, things to buy uh, at the exhibition as well. Thursday, 29th of August, there will be a MJ fan meet and greet afternoon tea at the Rira Irish Pub at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Uh, 11 a.m., $35 per person. There is limited tickets. And head to the global MJ events thing that I mentioned earlier for uh, contact details for that. There is, of course, on Thursday the 29th, the Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil 1 celebration at Mandalay Bay. And, of course, that is a paid event, which you need to buy tickets to Cirque du Soleil thing to see that. Uh, Friday, 30th of August, MJ Live at the Stratosphere Hotel Casino in Las Vegas. Showtime, 7 p.m. And this, of course, is a paid event and tickets to the show will need to be purchased. But I imagine that would be a pretty good party. And it's a good show from all accounts, actually. Uh, Saturday, 31st of August in Santa Monica, California. This is a small private buffet-style candlelight dinner and a bad concert film screening at Fan Davina Baham's residence. It's a paid event in the way of a 5 to $10 cover charge just to help pay for the food and drinks and head to that global MJ page for uh, details and contact for that event. I think it's via Facebook that she's organizing that. In Perth, Australia, Saturday, 31st of August, we will be holding the annual MJ Birthday Charity Lunch. This year it is from 12 noon, lunchtime, until 5pm, and it will be at the Dome Cafe in Belmont, next to the Reading Cinemas. 
please bring a charity donation of a gold coin or more if you'd like. Uh, I think the most we've collected is about a hundred or a bit over a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars maybe in previous years. Um, and of course, if you're eating and drinking, you'll need to buy your own food and drinks. So that's locally here for me in Perth. Uh, in Brussels, Belgium, very exciting three days of events with Brad Sundberg and he's in the studio with MJ. Friday, 30th of August, a 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. MJ Birthday Remix Seminar. Saturday, 31st of August, 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. Brad, Brad, really, really Brad. Two for the price of one. Brad Sundberg and Brad Buxer. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Michael Prince as well, folks. So Brad Sunbird, Brad Buxer and Michael Prince for Saturday, 31st of August, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. That will be an amazing day and stories and other things not to be missed, I'm sure. Also, the uh, Sunday 1st of September, 11 a.m. till 8 p.m., it'll be the In the Studio with MJ 2019 seminar plus the Tour of Neverland seminar. Head to the... Um, in the studio with MJ Page. We have links to the tickets and further event details in our show notes. So it's all linked for you, but that will be very exciting. So that's like MJ week, what they just did for his anniversary, but over in Europe. So our studio hasn't been confirmed yet, but it'll be in Brussels in Belgium. Uh, we have a date for an event in Copenhagen, Denmark, 31st of August. That's all the details I have at this stage, but contact MooWalkersDK on Twitter, which is at M-O-O WalkersDK on Twitter for more information. And also when we get information, check our show notes for links, uh, which we'll insert as we get them. And uh, the last event I've got that people have shared with me is... Um, Zurich in Switzerland, Saturday 21st of September, there'll be a Michael Jackson night at the Mundwork Club. Just to clarify, that is September, so it's like a month after his birthday, Saturday 21st of September. The MJ night at Mundwork Club, doors open at 7pm, party and performances from 9pm, um... The details were not in English, so I'm guessing there'll be a club cover charge for that. But follow at Jackson underscore CH on Twitter, uh, the Swiss MJ community Twitter for more information. So that's a good amount of birthday events and I'm happy, happy, happy to share those. i 
What's up, everybody? This is Judith Hill, and you're listening to The MJ Cast. All right, so our main discussion topic for this episode is what we think the Michael Jackson estate should actually do next. Uh, We've had a really rough year, obviously, with Leaving Neverland and all that kind of thing. In any point between when Michael passed away and Leaving Neverland, I would have said that, you know releasing sort of positive products and music and and you know those kind of things they they there would have been pretty much zero restriction on when they did that but for the first time since michael passed away and the estate executives have taken over the reins for all of michael's products i'm finding myself really hesitant to say that the next move would or should be something really positive like a uh when I say positive, I mean like an album release or, you know, a movie release or I I don't know. I just, there's something in me saying that would be potentially a little bit poor form. So, for example, we know Michael's innocent. We understand the facts. We know all of that. But in the in the general public's mind, who the people who haven't gone and done all the research that we have and they haven't learned all of that stuff, there's still questions 
And answers haven't really been provided yet from an official platform or an official point of view to the things in Leaving Neverland. We must remember that these pe- the, the general public aren't following the MJ cast. They're not following the at Michael Jackson account on Twitter. They're, they're not seeing the statements and things come out. So from their point of view, there hasn't been a rebuttal like there was with Michael's take two that we mentioned earlier in the show. So I think it's really important what the estate do next. It's almost sort of really critical and crucial that they choose the next move to be really appropriate. Because I think it would look really bad from a public's point of view to have this potential sex abuser have a Emmy-nominated documentary released about them and then next move is thriller re-release. I don't know. There's just something that's a bit off about that. They need to do something. Like, they need to do something to address publicly, not just a statement or appearing at a panel at a university, which they say has received, you know, a lot of media attention. I'm like, well, one of the two panels is not even available on YouTube. So how how is that really a public acknowledgement? I don't know. In some ways, I just think it needs to be as business as usual, where, you know, this can't be the only thing that is getting headlines. But then the timing is so awkward. Like we've already seen with the Broadway show, which is a whole other thing with the, the, the writer of that book for the, for the Broadway show. We've already seen the Chicago run, I think it was, like basically cancelled or at least put on hold indefinitely. And we haven't really received much news for the New York run of it. I think the timing is so awkward though. Like, yeah, obviously I don't want them to put a, another album out. And to be honest, their track record of putting music out has just been atrocious and not positive at all, and I don't think has helped his legacy at all. So that's not something that I would have considered them doing next. I do think, in the sense of business as usual, Thriller Night, Halloween is coming up. They can't, like last year, they did the Thriller screenings in a few places. So... I think they should still continue to expand on that this year. I don't think they should take a back seat and ignore that this year. I think they should put that out further because then people, sure, they might go, oh, you know, it's Halloween. Let's go see Thriller remastered at the cinema. And then their friend will go, oh, but why would you go see that? Like he's a pedophile. And then someone will go, well, Izzy, I don't know, I heard that the train station wasn't there and then at least it's talked about and maybe people will then learn more about it and the reality of it by actually talking and discussing it. So I think they should do something that will be beneficial for his art and legacy, but also then people will talk about him and hopefully more people will go on YouTube or whatever and go, Let's, what, what can I learn about this? And then they're going to come across all those terrific fan documentaries that people have made and put out. I don't know. It's so awkward. I haven't really thought about this much, man. Like one day at a time, sort of, that's how it's sort of been. Like Harvey Weinstein, for example, right? 
terrible dude. Lots of evidence out there that he actually did what he did. Still hasn't, you know, like I'm not, un- I'm not sure. Oh, no, actually, better example is probably R. Kelly, right? So, terrible dude. Evidence that he's done what he's done. Hasn't gone to court yet or been found guilty. How would you feel about like a new, a big marketing campaign around a new R. Kelly album right now? Oh, yeah, that'd be terrible. So, like, that's what I'm sort of saying is like, we know Michael's innocent, but the general public haven't had the chance yet to see. I mean, they've had the verdict from the mid 2000s trial, obviously, but like, I don't know. Uh, Memories are short. I just think there needs to be. Maybe the answer is both things. Like maybe they the estate does do the thriller thing in the cinema, but at the same time, as an example, yeah, at the same time they. I think what we what we want is some kind of. We don't want the you know the rebuttal documentary or whatever to come out in two weeks. That's not what we're after. What I think we're after as a community is for them to just tell us what their plans are. Like, what are they going to do? Like in their statements, they keep saying, you know, don't assume we're not doing anything about it. Don't assume we're not supporting Taj. Okay, but I guess what we're saying back to them is a couple of public speaking things at at universities and that's not enough. That's not it. We need more than that. We need a full-fledged, I don't know, Netflix documentary, documentary series or... You know, why aren't they doing an official Michael Jackson podcast? I mean, we know that true crime podcasts are an absolute phenomenon right now. Why aren't they putting, why aren't they hiring people to put together a podcast around the conspiracy that is trying to bring Michael Jackson down over the years with the allegations? There's so many options and avenues they could go down, and they've got so many millions of dollars, but they just don't seem to have any will. At all. Completely. Absolutely agree. Like, it has not been the estate that have uncovered the inconsistencies in leaving Neverland and exposed them publicly. It has not been the estate. have done. They have not done any of that at all. Nothing. That has all been the fans. Every single one of the things that has come out that has proven and discredited what these guys have alleged has all come from fans. They've done all of the legwork, all of it publicly, produced their own websites, documentaries. Ad campaigns on buses. Ad campaigns on buses, flyers. They've done all of it. The estate have done nothing like that at all. Nothing. A lawsuit is a very different thing. That shouldn't even be like, oh, but we've done a lawsuit. Guess what? That's your job. That is your job. But it's also your job to protect your legacy of of your client, you know, what you're actually representing. A lawsuit isn't doing that. Your lawyers, of course, there's going to be a lawsuit because the law's been, like, broken. The contract's been broken. So that's your job. But it's also your job to do other things publicly and they're like oh well we're doing stuff in the background it's like well give us even if you can't tell us exactly because for whatever reason you don't want to like you know expose your hand of cards just saying oh we're doing stuff in the background 
I don't think is good enough because what have you done in the last 10 years to combat this, to prevent this from happening? You could have done a documentary 10 years ago. They could have done a documentary in any single year in the last 10 years since Michael's passing. They yeah. haven't done one. Not and a does- single thing. And if they're worried about bringing attention to the allegations, well, I mean, let's be honest, that's already happened anyway. But like, too late for that. Too late for that. But like, they don't have to do something that's solely focused on the allegations. They could put no. They could put out a documentary, like whether it's a podcast or a or a Netflix thing or whatever. They could put out a thing that's larger than that. It could be about Michael's life in general, and then the allegations are a key component of that. It doesn't have to be just focused on. The accusers. Why was it a fan in Melbourne, Australia, Paul Dwyer, that put a humanitarian documentary out? They've had 10 years themselves that they could have with proper footage, not just gleaned from the internet, but proper footage from their archives filmed by Michael's camera person. They could have done a documentary on Michael's humanitarianism and the reality of what Michael Jackson was and his message. They could have done that any single day mm-hmm. in the last 10 years. That's a decade of them not doing that. Fans do not have all of the resources to do all of this. They have got the archives. They've got all the video archives. They've got all the finances from selling assets and earning money. They have every resource at their disposal. The fans have barely any resources and have done all of the legwork. And they acknowledge that. Did you see the statement that they sent out today? Yeah, I've read it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, they acknowledge what the fans have done. But to me, they need to do something themselves. And I'm not... I don't expect you know, that legally they can prevent the Emmy nominations from happening, but they can certainly address it. They can certainly, they their industry, hot tip, is the entertainment industry. They represent, you know, the most successful artist of all time and the artist that used to collect the most amount earned as a deceased celebrity. This is their industry. You're telling me with all their millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and all of their entertainment contacts they couldn't do a campaign like the for your consideration campaign that people run when things are nominated to receive awards. You're telling me that they couldn't do a campaign to go, oh sure, this film is this film is nominated for these five awards, but just so you know, here's the background. You're telling me they couldn't do that? Bullshit. They absolutely could. And and they're the ones that could be putting they could be pumping money into the social media platforms like to get really successful ad campaigns it's not a, just about getting clicks it's about buying visibility for those ads on the platforms they're the yeah, sort of things basically they can be doing. buying votes yeah we know how award shows like this work yeah and and i guess where i'm at is like it's like the, it's it's beyond like why aren't you fighting the Emmy nominations? It's like, why aren't you the Emmy-nominated people? Why aren't you going on stage to receive an award for an award-winning documentary on Michael Jackson? Yes. This. Seriously. <sighs> yeah. 
They, why can't they do an anonymous donation to Taj's thing? If they don't want to have to public, publicly support it, why can't they just do it anonymously? No, they, they shouldn't even do like... they. I don't even think they should have to put money through the GoFundMe. I just think they should just come out and say... Do their own. We are financially supporting Taj Jackson. Like, why wouldn't they but, be? Well, I don't know if he actually wants their support because, I'm, you know, he has come out and sort of said he doesn't really want... Okay, well, maybe not like we're not financially supporting him, but maybe like a retweet of his GoFundMe. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, seriously, share his share the GoFundMe page. That's It's that simple. They haven't even shared that. They're like, oh, yeah, we're really behind him and support. It's like, well, you haven't shared share his it. thing. But seriously, they could do their own. Like if if Taj didn't want them to support or whatever, there's nothing stopping them from doing their own. Nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. So they need to do something, and I yeah I I think it needs to be a direct response to the out not not just leaving Neverland but the allegations in general, and whichever way they choose to do it, whether it's a doco on Michael's whole life, including the allegations or something just focused on the allegations. I don't care. I just want the, I just want to feel passion from the people that are meant to be in his corner. And it's, yeah. So that's where we're you at. You don't want to, f- you don't want to feel contempt from them. Like what we got from Alicia in her responses to fans emails. Is that not what you want to feel? Uh, I just, Oh, her response really. There was some of the the response that they gave specifically to Shawnee and Annika at MJ Innocent was really devastating. There's a particular line in it where she says something like, "Haven't you guys thought that if we address the allegations, it'll bring more attention to them, or something like that?" <laughs> and <laughs> it was just like the most amateur, pathetic, adversarial, lazy response I've ever seen. Ever. Even like companies that like, you know, I'm a huge fan of Apple, the app, you know, like the tech company. These guys, the CEO and all of the exec team at Apple must receive so much more correspondence than the Michael Jackson estate by far. These guys have their emails publicly available and they welcome emails from Apple users. They might not read every single one of them. But there's many, 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 many stories of people, Apple users, who have complained directly to their executive team about certain different things. And the execs get back to them politely, like, yep, we know we're taking this into account, whatever. And things are usually fixed based on user feedback, usually. In terms of the Michael Jackson estate, that's all we're doing. We're giving them feedback and tips and like, here's what we want. We want you to be successful. We want to give you our money. We want Michael Jackson to be successful and huge. We want him to be respected. Here's what we think. And all we get back is like contempt. Shade. And shade from these people. Mm-hmm. It's amateur hour. And it's not, it's not just the allegations. It's many things. It's ignoring the family. It's the fake songs still for sale. It's, this is just another little drop in the bucket of evidence that the executors just aren't fit not for purpose. Not fit for purpose. Exactly. Jinx. <laughs> like, you know, when they come out and say, just as the estate will continue to show support to the Jackson family members and the fans who support Michael, we encourage the fans to be supportive of the estate and their efforts in this regard as well. 
and to remember that the estate and the fans are on the same side in protecting Michael's uh, legacy now forever. I'm like, um, that's an absolute lie because you are fighting against fans in court for exposing you for putting fake songs and you didn't support the family in that at all because you completely ignored their wishes and warnings. So they can't pick and choose when they support family members and fans because family members and fans support Michael every day in every action. They can't just pick and choose like they have done in the past. And they're in the future. We ask you communicate solely with the MJ online team. Like no deluging Mr. Branker (laughs) and Weitzman's email inboxes is an ineffective way to get your messages addressed. Um, no, this is your job. So hashtag MJ estate earn your pay because you are not earning your pay.
Hi, this is Terrell Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Well, that was our discussion topic. Now we've got finds of the week as we wrap up today's episode. Jamin, what is your find of the week? That's a really quick one. I was just on YouTube in the MJ rabbit hole <laughs> that I sometimes get into when I'm just clicking links. Um, and uh, I just came across this video of a kid um, called Jace, uh, Sorry, called Justin Lee Schultz. And um, this came out a little while ago. It came out in January 2019. Uh, and it's just this kid doing a cover of You Rock My World, but using a talk box. And if you don't know what a talk box is, I don't know how they actually work, but it's like a keyboard and he's got a pipe thing in his mouth. And it's it's like you, you would have heard people like Teddy Riley and Stevie Wonder use these a lot. They're really cool. It gives sort of like a vocoder sort of effect to your voice. Uh, that you can modulate and move around with your, you know, the keys on this little keyboard. So, um, yeah, he's doing You Rock My World and singing with the with a talk box type effect. And it's really cool and funky and I love it. And, yeah, million, it's got over a million views. So, very cool. And I was one of them. It was very cool. <laughs> yeah, just a bit of fun from me. Yeah, what about go you? Go check it out. It's definitely worth listening to. Uh, mine is a... Um, artist that I came across on Twitter and Instagram who I absolutely adore her work and uh, in June um, this artist uh, Anna Maria Ward posted a picture pretty much for every day in June uh, as the Jam June and it's now being compiled into a little booklet a limited run uh, booklet uh, if you pre-order by the 31st of July. On Twitter, you can check out Anna Maria Ward's art. Her Twitter handle is at award art. An easy Twitter handle, at award art. I'm going to guess that it's the same on Instagram as well. But I just absolutely adore the cartoony style MJ art that she has been putting out from like, you know, every era, like from J5 era, I just love that MJ piece where there's a little rat up in his hair and he's singing on the microphone. And then, you know, there's a stunning Will You Be There piece, which uh, was released for his anniversary date uh, with the angel with the gold wings with um, her arms around Michael and the moon in the background. I love, love, love this style. I love seeing cartoon MJ and fan art. I love fan art so much. And when I come across a new artist, I just get very excited. So yes, illustrator and graphic designer living in Northern Virginia. Yes, Anna Marie Award at Award Art. Go check it out. And maybe if you like the, the art and you get in quickly, you can pre-order her little booklet that she's putting out of her June art. Very cool stuff. Yeah. I, as I said earlier in the show, I love it when you see fans who have specific talents, using those talents to mm-hmm. extend Michael's legacy. And that's exactly what Anna does. Very cool stuff. Well, you can find our social media profiles on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Simply search for the MJ cast to find our social media platform channels. We're a podcast. We're available across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Android Podcast apps. If you are going, oh, I don't have an Apple phone or iTunes things, you don't need it. Android 
if your phone, what brands? Like people are like, oh, I didn't even know my phone was an Android phone. If it's not an Apple phone, it's if it's not Apple, probably, it's yeah, you've pr- pretty much got to. You if know, it's Google, it's flip, Samsung, Motorola, if it's a flip phone, you're in trouble. If you're a flip phone, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Charlie, what? My parents have a <laughs> flip phone. Um, yeah, so if you have a flip phone, probably not. But if it's not a flip phone and it's a smartphone and it's not Apple, you've got an Android phone and there are podcast apps that are for free. Uh, podcast Republic is one that's highly recommended by a lot of our Android listeners. So go download that app and then just search for the MJ cast. And there you go. You found your podcast for uh, your device and you can take it with you and listen to it, pause it and just subscribe. Thank you very much. And in addition to subscribing to us, you can also find all of our shows on our online repository, which is our website, themjcast.com. We've got our shows there. We've got opinion pieces there and different things. And if you want to contact us as well, we love it when listeners email us at themjcast at icloud.com. Quick episode today, folks, but I hope you uh, I hope you don't let all the bad news get you down, but like let the good news lift you up. Michael's birthday is approaching. I guess our next episode actually will probably be around the birthday, Jamin. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I it, can't. Yeah. It, I'd, I'd say oh, we, we may have one in between, but yeah. Oh, okay, cool. We'll see. We'll see. If we yeah, don't, then so, yeah, see you in late August. <laughs> that's it. Um, and if you send us details for MJ birthday events, maybe email that to us, themjcast.icloud.com and lovely Elise will add those to the show notes for this episode so people can attend your birthday celebrations. With that, I'm going to sign off. Have a great few weeks ahead, folks. And thank you. This is Q signing off. Michael on. Keep Michaeling.